Father, we pray today in Jesus' name for the word of God as we talk. We pray the Holy Spirit will bless and lift our minds and hearts. We pray that everything we talk about today would be helpful and inspirational. I pray, Father, that minds will be lifted, minds will be changed. Spirits will be lifted, spirits will be changed. We ask you, Lord God, to free us today. Some of us are out of balance. Some of us are really not where we need to be. We're not in sync. And we've kind of, without knowing it, lost our perspective and lost our way. I ask you, Lord, to help us today to find our way and to find balance and to find, find a way to, to live a more balanced, a more, a more practical life, a life that brings blessing and not bondage. You know, some of us work too hard. We go too, f too fast. We don't pause ever. We're excited, but we're not in balance. So help us today think that through. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Here's a topic I came with. Ready? Say living with, balance, living with excitement and balance. In our study today, we're in the book of Exodus chapter 18, and we're looking at Moses, who is a very excited guy at this point in his life. Chapter 18 is like the end of the trouble. You know, it's like, okay, it's kind of like you were looking for a job, you found a job. Chapter 18 is you found a job. It's the first day on the job. It's like really a good season, right? Chapter 18 in Exodus is like a place where you're taking a breath, you know, kind of exhaling, and you're sitting down, and you go, okay. Oh, we're out of Egypt now. No, no more pharaohs. Like, okay, no more Red Sea. All this is in history books, and you're kind of like really feeling good. You're excited. It's amazing that at that moment in your life, you can become the most imbalanced in your life. It's when you have the children, and you have the house, and you have the car, and you have the cat and the dog, and you have all this stuff. And now, if you're not careful, you got the church, and you got the people, and it's growing, and everything is happening, and People, you're traveling and you're doing, but if you're not careful, you really get really excited. You, you got the husband. The wedding's over with. All that dressing up, all that stuff is over with. So now I've got a man in my life. I've got a woman in my life. I've got free. You know, it's like all this great stuff. The business is growing. I have more clients than I can handle. I'm excited. It's in that moment that you're the most tempted to be imbalanced. The stories are amazing. You know, most people in the Bible did not finish well. I think it's like 80%. You just wonder, what happened? You, know, you go through the list, it's amazing, you know. Okay, let's go. Let's see, um, Adam and Eve. No, okay. Keep going, ready? Abraham, he did okay, but man, he had some problems, you know. He just, and the baby, and Ishmael, and messy, 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 right? Okay, Jonah, well, you know, he got drunk and got naked. I mean, that was bad. <laughs> His kids were kind of special. Well, you know, you just go through the Bible. You go, well, you know, it seems like people just, you know, okay, go to Joseph and his family. Okay, so, you know, here are the 12 tribes of Israel. That's who those brothers were named after. And you go, and you go, okay, your brothers sold you into slavery, right? That's not good, right? You lied to your daddy for years, said some animal ate him, but you guys sold him, right? I guess you spent the money, divided it up among yourselves. It's terrible. I mean, this is a... Okay, Moses, he did pretty good, but then he couldn't go into promised land because he had an attitude, right? Remember that? It's just, I mean, keep going. I mean, it's just full of people who, who did not all end well. And 
The question is, what happens? You know, David started out right, slaying Goliath, ends up with a son like Absalom, you know, who's not listening, and son rapes the daughter, and his oldest son rapes his daughter. It's like, oh, man, you know, how does your family get messed up like that, full of bedroom blindness? All this, when you look at it, you just wonder, so, okay, they started out and they were excited, right? And, and there's this great example in the scripture of people being very excited, but something goes wrong. Something goes wrong. What is it that goes wrong? They go out of balance. They become imbalanced. And that is the challenge. People always ask me this question. They say, are you tired? You're so busy. And I just got back from Brazil, right? And I was there for like eight days. It was thousands of people. It was great. So I'm going to show you some videos Sunday. It's just good stuff. It was like, oh, man, Diane and Christina did so well. Wow. Oh, you want to clap for them? Is that right? You want to clap for them? Right, okay. Enough of that, enough of that. Anyway, they, they, but they did, you know, they did, they did. They, they claim I gave them a hard time because I was so happy to hear people say, no fala English. I was happy, like, really? They can't talk to you? <laughs> what are you going to do now? You know, I've learned you can, you can communicate in sign language, you know, and it's so funny when you're just the dumbest person in the room, you can't talk, it's great. But you figure it out, you find your way. So all of that to me leads people to ask me questions like, are you tired? This morning I was. Somebody preacher called me this morning and woke me up. I was like, oh. and he says, Temple, I'll call you back later. <laughs> I was just so wasted. We landed yesterday in Atlanta, then I left. And he's, he's, I, I left, so I left Rio. Um, I preached in a place called Belim, and then I flew from Belim um, and preached in, um, I didn't preach, I had a day in Rio because the flight, the way the flights work, it just made sense. Uh, because, uh, anyway, if you don't care, but the way the flights work, it just made sense to leave from Rio and come back uh, here. And so we left, flew all night, nine hours, got, got off the plane at 7, 5.30, had to go preach at a, a, a home, at a university there in Atlanta at 11.30 because it was like this really important event. And it's like they kind of leaned on me a little bit. Like, I said, but I'm flying in from, from Brazil. I don't know if my plane's going to make it. Well, well, if it doesn't, fine. But, but I said, okay. So I, I agreed. So I, 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 I went there, got a little hotel room, slept for a couple of hours, and then went to preach. And then le left there at 5 uh, because my plane left at 7. And then I flew, then I flew he got, got to the house late last night. Then I had another important thing that had, I had to do with last night. And until like 12, and then I went to sleep. And so by the time this guy called me, I was like, no good, right? So I'm, I'm knocked out. And so people often ask me, say, are you tired? I say, no, because, you know, I can sleep. I have Sabbath days. I rest. Because I personally believe two things. One is you have to work when you're working. Say that with me, please. You have to work. You don't want a lazy preacher. I mean, you just don't. You don't want a guy, what are you doing? Nothing. All I see Pastor Reed doing is riding around town all day long with nothing to do. I mean, you don't want that kind of preacher guy because, number one, he's not, going to, he's not going to help you. You know, the law of the lid, you know, whoever you follow, that becomes a lid to you. So if I go to Brazil, guess what you can dream of going to? Brazil, right? And if I dream of going to Africa, like I had this great conversation with these great people. I hope this leads to something great about some stuff in Africa. And so, you know, you just, I'm just really excited. And so I got all these things I'm really excited about. You want that, but then you also want to produce to rest. Because part of the reason why I think leaders fall morally is because they're tired or bored. 
You want him, you, you don't want him to be too tired. You know, you want him to rest, you want him to exercise, you want him to eat right, take vitamins, you want him to go to the doctor, get his blood checked. You want to make sure he's fine. All that's important. So I personally believe that I strive to live a balanced life. It's one of my, my, and I believe this is so cool. My wife asked me, she said, won't you write one of your books on how to balance life and ministry? I said, when your wife asks you to do that, that's what you should write a book about. I mean, I really think it's cool that she thinks that I could write a book about that. So I will. But this is the first step in that direction, by the way. And so let me give you what I, I consider to be my, my, my beginning thoughts about this whole topic. Moses was an exciting, excited guy, but he was imbalanced. And here's how you can tell. Let me show you. In the book of Exodus, chapter 18, verse 13, it says this. And, and it says, it was, so it was on the next day that Moses set to judge the people. And the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, what is this thing that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone, why do you alone, big word alone, sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? Now, let me set the stage. Moses has just come back from this whole march out of Egypt. He's now in chapter 18, and his father-in-law comes with his family and says, hey, I heard about God's great blessing in your life. I heard all the good things that's happened. And it's another whole study, by the way, of how his family got to be with Jethro because really he and his wife had a fight, and they kind of separated. It's really an interesting study. And, and so he, he, he sent her back to her dad. So this is like a real family reunion between he and his wife. That's another subject. So he and his wife had this moment and, um, over circumcision. You can read that in Exodus chapter 4. And so the, 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 you don't hear of her again until chapter 18. So she missed all of the crossing of the Red Sea. His kids missed it. And I often say, it's amazing what your kids miss when you're in strife. You know, they had to have somebody else tell them, oh, your daddy was amazing. He opened the Red Sea. He stretched his hand out. It was amazing. But the kids never saw it. His kids missed a lot. So that's another study, not for this session. But when we get to this part, this is like after they kind of reunited. And the next day after they reunited, that's what the text says, and the next day, Jethro, his father-in-law, is watching him go back to work. So your family comes in on one day, catch this now, and the next day you're going back to work. Are you with me? Your wife has been separated from you for a long time, but the next day you go back to work. I think you need a few more days off. At least I would think so. But if you notice what it said, it said, and so it was on the what? Next day. So the next day, he goes back to work. And you want to pause and think about that for a minute and say, that's a sign that he's a little bit out of balance. I've got to get back to work. Have you ever said that? I can't, I can't take off. I've I, I got to get back to work. So on the next day, he goes back to work. And he sat down to judge the people. So, you know, he sits down and he's like the judge and jury. So you're wrong, you're right. So people bring all these issues to him. And he stays there and, um, from morning until evening. I mean, this is a long day. Have you ever been guilty of that? You work from sun up to sundown. And then a lot of preachers brag about that, you know. I'm never off. I'm 24 hours, seven days a week. And, and it's just amazing that you... You were, first of all, let me be clear. You were never designed to do this. And the only reason you do it is because you owe too many people. 
Okay, we tell the truth and shame the devil, right? So if we didn't owe all these people, we wouldn't have to do all this. But anyway, he's, he's working from sun up to sundown. Now, let's picture this. He is Moses with three million followers. He's got a big church. <laughs> right? They're rich. These people are rich. These people have all kind of money because they, they, when they left Egypt, they brought all kind of money with them. They built the tabernacle cash. He just got up and said, hey, guys, I need to build a tabernacle. I need this much gold. I need this much silver. I need this much. And they, he told them, and the congregation brought so much. He said, stop it. Too much money. Isn't that great? Never heard the preacher say that before, right? <laughs> so, so this is the guy. That, so I want you to see, even though he's got a lot of money, even though he's got a lot of people, even though he's got a whole lot going on, notice that this is the guy who is still working from sun up to sundown. Because he has a view, which we'll talk about in a minute. So notice Moses is out of balance and his father-in-law sees it. Now, so it says in verse 15, Moses has the spiritually sincere answer when his father-in-law asks him what happened. And I want you to please notice this. He is, he's sincere. <clears throat> this is not a guy who is not sincere. How about uh, some water, please? He's not, he's, not, he's not insincere. This is a guy who really is absolutely connected and wants to do the right thing. You can be sincere and out of balance. You can really mean well and be so wrong. Look at this, verse 15 of Exodus chapter 18. And Moses said to his father-in-law, now go back again, I'm sorry, go back to verse 14. It says, so when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did for the people, he said, what is this thing that you're doing? To the, to the people. You're doing it to the people. Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? Verse 15, Moses said to his father-in-law, because, read that with me, please. What do you say? Because what? Because the people do what? Come to me for what reason? They're inquiring about God. The people are coming because they want to hear from God. I am the man of God, and they want to hear from God, so that's why they come to me. When they have difficulty, they come to me, and I judge between one and another, and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. I'm the man of God. Are you the man of God? Are you the only one? For years, we did Wednesday night services, and, and I taught every Wednesday night. How many were here when I did that? Raise your hand. Hi. Okay. The rest of you weren't. This is so cool. Watch this. Please raise your hand if you were here when I taught every Wednesday night. Raise your hand. Look around. Very few of you were here. This is so cool. <laughs> it was hundreds of people. And I think, I think in some preacher's mind, and one preacher told me, he was, he was kidding, he joked with me, he said, he said, Ricky Temple, if you don't preach on Wednesday nights, you know you go to hell for that. He was teasing. Because I was telling him, I said, I think it's too much. Two sermons a week, every week, can be too much. Here's why. You preach on Sunday, right? What day should I be off? Monday? Tuesday, I'm studying for a sermon when? Wednesday, right? Then Wednesday, I'm studying. By Thursday, I'm studying for a sermon when? Sunday, right? Is that right? Add, a, add, add some other meetings in there and stuff. You, you're always studying for something. You never get a chance to breathe. So I decided that, and plus I thought, the best thing to do is to train leaders. There are too many topics. So now we have all these classes that cover all these topics. Do you like them? Yes. 
See, see, now I could take that personally. So you don't want me to know. <laughs> but that's how some guys are. They take it personally, but it's not. It's kind of like when your kids grow up, right? And they stop needing to see you every day. They don't want you to visit. I ask my kids, say, you want to get your house on my street? No. <laughs> we don't want you riding by. We want to be, we, Ricky told me, he says, I want to be far enough away that you have to drive a little. <laughs> now, I didn't mean for him to move to Orlando, but you understand my point. There's something about understanding the power of doing it another way. And, and so we, we came with the classes, and so we, we divided up the power. And we did the same thing that Jethro said. And, and really, listen to this dialogue, and you'll see the wisdom in it. Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. Jethro offers, in under number three in your notes, an, an honest assessment. He said, first of all, this is too much. Can you say it with me, please? Come on. No, no, say it again. Come on. Think about, think about that for a second. What in your life is too much? It's just too much. It's just too much. It's too much to keep up with. It's too much to manage. It's just too much. Listen to what he tells him. Verse 17. Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. That's important. You're sincere, but this is not good. Now listen to how he says this. This is so important. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. This is how you burn out yourself and the people you're trying to help. This is how you kill you and the kids. We got baseball, soccer, we got football, we got this, we got everything. everybody's running around, everybody's running around, everybody's running around, everybody's running around. Young parents do this all the time because if they don't do karate, they'll die, you know. And so you got all these things they got to go to and all these programs and all these things and you spend all this money you can't afford and you're doing all the stuff you can't do and you're going to all the PDA meetings, you're going to all the everything and then you get and you're tired. And you're frustrated. I just got this article. I just posted. I had them posted on my um, rickytemple.com. There's this article area they've got for, I think it's on the church website, too. It's under the pastor. I don't know where, somewhere. It's under pastor someplace, and it has articles. Um, I should look for it so I can tell you where it is. But it's really cool. And what they do is I have them put articles up that I like, that I think are pretty cool, and that I think would help people. And so I think it's under, let me see if it's under our pastor somewhere. Um, Pastor Ricky Temple. Anyway, I'll tell you later when I figure it out. But it's a really cool area, and it's got, uh, and I guess I should know where it is if it's, if it's a cool area, right? Uh, but <laughs> but, but um, anyway, I'll tell you later. I don't know where it is. It's someplace online. It's really cool. Uh, but it's got all these articles that I've done. I, I tell them to post my articles. I can't believe I can't find it. Anyway, but it, it's, it's really, it's an article about sleep. And it talks about how you have a bad attitude and bad moods if you're sleeping. And there are times when you're just tired. Because your life is, and that's what Moses' life was like. It was just, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. He was all over the map. He was running around. He was serving everybody just like some of us doing, and it's just too much. Say it again. Come on. It's, it's the problem. It's too much. You can't pray. You can't ask God for strength. He says, I can't give you strength for that. It's too much. So here's what he tells him. This is good. Both you and the people. He said, for this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it, Keyword by yourself. Can't preach all the sermons by yourself. Can't teach all the sermons. Can't teach them all about God by yourself. You can't do all the classes by yourself. You know, the singles need problems. So the pastor will run over and teach the singles. Then, then, then he does the married. And then he does the, he's, he's doing all the premarital counseling. He's doing all the counseling. Everybody's got a problem. He's talking to them. And before you know it, 
He's, it's too much. And, and I, I, this is the, a backdoor note. That's what I see with pastors and their spouses all the time, all over the country, all the time, all the time. There was a pastor who sent me an email the other day, and he said he was so busy, so busy. I said, you need to go see your son once a month. He sent me a note yesterday. He says, thank you. I spent an hour and a half with my son. It was amazing. He said, and I promise I'm going to go once a month to see my son in college. Once a month. Just go once a month to eat lunch. Just once a month. I like once a week, but once a month I live with. Just do something to say you're connected. You just, this is too much. This is not the devil. This is not the devil. This is you. You've adopted, taken on so much. So that's what he tells him. So notice Moses is out of balance. Moses is spiritually sincere. Please notice that. But Jethro offers an honest assessment. Then number four, watch this. Jethro, Jethro, offers, a, Jethro offers a practical solution. You know, I call this a Joseph answer because when Joseph was asked by Pharaoh in the book of Genesis chapter, I think it's 38, 39, he was asked, you know, what was it that, he could do to solve a problem that he had, Joseph gave him a solution. I like people who work for me to give me solutions. I like you to tell me a problem but bring me a solution. Because if I've got to think through all the solutions, I don't know why I'm paying you. I'm really confused about that. <laughs> Figure it all out myself because I'm Pastor Rick. So what I love for you to do is tell me the problem but tell me what you suggest. It could be wrong, but tell me what you think we should do. And take the risk of being wrong. You know. And, and I, I really believe that this is a moment where Jethro looks at him and says, let me tell you what I think is wrong, but let me tell you what you should do. Watch this. I love this. Jethro offers a solution, verse 19 of Exodus chapter 18. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God will be with you. Stand before God for this people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. He says, I want you to focus all of your energy only on the difficult issues, not every issue. Not every issue. If your attitude is you've got to focus on all the issues, solve all the problems, big and small, that's bad. I want you to focus only on the difficult stuff. Then he says this. This is important. He says, now let me give you a long-term solution. I want you to teach, show, and let them work. Say that with me, please. Come on. Teach, show, and let them work. Say it again. Come on. Teach, show, and let them work. You, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this before I read it. You should not be the only one working. Teach people how to do it. Show them how to do it. And let them help you. It's, it's when I go to a place and I see a guy running around setting up the mics, I see a guy preaching, I see a guy, what are you doing? You're doing everything. Teach, show, and let them work. Let them work. Let them work. Let them work. There's 500 people in this church who volunteer. Let them work, please. They do parking. They do everything. I cannot do this by myself. Now, listen, listen to what he says, verse 20. You shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way. Say that with me, please. Come on. Show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. I have learned that if you tell people you can do it, they'll let you do it. At work, at home, everywhere, they'll just let you kill yourself. You go to your kid's school and you volunteer for everything, they'll call you every week. The idea that you do everything, and sometimes if you're not careful, that's pride. <laughs> it's 
pride. You want to show off. You want to show people you can't. And sometimes you, if you're not careful, your pride gets you in all kinds of trouble because you just think you can't. Even in your marriage, you know, Diane, Diane, I'm telling you, I said this so many times. It's so true. She came to me one time. She says, temple, temple. She, she, she kind of walked up on me. You know, you know, she just had to walk up on it. She, just, she, she, she walked up to me. She says, let me do that. She just let me do that for you. And it was a moment, you know, some business stuff I was doing. And she said, let me do it. And I thought about it. Mm, okay. Best okay of my life. Took all kind of pressure off. It's great. This is cool. She went and digitized all the stuff. She just she took it on. She's like that. She's like fierce, you know. Oh, she is. She is, and I'm telling you. <laughs> Ooh, she's the one you want to work for you. Boy, she's fierce. She sat, she sat there, man. She got that stuff all tight and right. And I just looked up and said, I'm looking good. <laughs> I'm looking good. But I know it's because I released it. I, and I see some of you in marriages, right? And you can't manage money. You're terrible at it. <laughs> give it up, man, give it up. But see, here's the problem. So some of you, if, let me, I'm going to make this male and female for a minute. You give, if he gives you the money, then you get crazy. You start talking smart. What happened to the last $5 I gave you? Okay, I gave you the last $5. You ain't report that. You can't make it on $5 lunches, $2.50. I call your job to give you a discount. See, that's why he's going to take it back and mess up the money again. Since <laughs> you're acting like that. Attitude, sister girl. <laughs> laughing at him. You broke again? <laughs> you get broke fast, don't you? <laughs> I'm glad I'm managing the money because now I can see what you can't do. See? You, know, you laugh at each other, you mock each other, flip it, men do the same thing. You know? Girl, you come up, she work hard, bring you a check, and then you act like that. Every penny. She can't buy a dress, she can't buy anything, got to go through you, you do, you're the clearing house, everything. And so that's why you don't work together because you, you, you don't understand the benefit of doing that. Here's one thing that I've learned. I can't do it alone. I just can't. My staff can make me fail. I can hire a person. Boy, do I know this. And they can mess you up. They can, they can put you in a place that you didn't think you'd be. And it's, you paid them. This is hilarious. You paid them money. You know, but, but you know, I am, God has made a system that says you will not be successful alone. You will never be able to keep all the money. You'll never be able to do it all alone. I watch guys that are in business and they only have one person working as you. And I watch their businesses eventually die because they cannot share the wealth and they cannot show and teach. It's showing and teaching. That's where the power is. That's where the money is. You want to make some money? I'm telling you what you do. You got to show and teach. God will never prosper you beyond a certain level if you cannot show and teach. He thinks it's selfish for you to think you should get it all. And so the more I show and the more I teach, the more God blesses me. And that, for me, that's not just here. That's other churches. I show them everything that we do. Teach, show, say, explain. I'll go do that tomorrow up, up, in, up in the D.C. area. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's part of what I do. It's, it's, this is what you do. You show and you teach. You tell. You help. It's, it's just it's, that's how God blesses you. Pray. God bless me. And God is saying, for what? 
What's in it for me? Give me a million dollars. What are you going to do with that? Well, first thing I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to buy myself. I'm going to kill my mama. It's all about you and your mama, I see. So I'll leave you, leave you and your mama where you're at. You don't help anybody else. You're not going anywhere else. It, it, you want everything to benefit you. So, see, that's, that's sidebar, sorry, observation. The whole tithing thing is a test. It's a test. Okay, so you want me to give you, you got a $30,000 job, and you want to give me $3,000 of it. I got you. So you want me to give you $100,000, and then you want to give me ten. you want me to give you a million, and then you want to give me $100,000. I got you. So I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter, the whole issue, because when you had $10, you didn't tithe one. So it didn't matter. It's the same no matter where you are. The whole thing is about whether you're a share. It's about, you remember the little kids? The whole thing is, okay, you have to share. Okay, you have to share, right? You're teaching this, right? You have the whole touch. You got grandkids, right? Right? You're, you're, one of them, you're one of them granddaddies, aren't you? Right? Are you in the control or you're out of control like other people? What are you? Testify. Out of control or in control? That's all I want to know. Uh, out of control. Out of control. Father, touch him in the name of Jesus. I am not going to be like that. I'm not, 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 not. I can't be that way in Jesus' name. I got to be strong. I got to be strong. I'm sorry. I'm back. Okay. I'm not talking to you. Don't, don't talk to me at the church. You do not get to influence me. <laughs> well, she's so cute. Anyway, but anyway, <laughs> there's this thing. <laughs> there's this thing that goes on. You know, that you just, you sit there, man, I got all off. What was I even talking about? See, you got me off. What was it talking about? Sharing. That's what it was, sharing. Sharing, yeah, Tyler. Sharing. So it's all about sharing. And, and sometimes we live our lives, and it's all about us. And so Moses is taking all the glory. There are lots of people who want to help Moses, who are praying for ministry opportunity, but he's doing it all. He's stealing from people. When you do everything, you steal from other people. Diane had a whole area of her life that God wanted to prosper and bless her in, but Ricky Temple was doing it all. Playing all the trips, every vacation, I planned everything. I controlled all that. And then she would just go, where are we going? I'd tell her where we're going, but I didn't let her see the room. So she can go, wow. I wanted to wow her. I wanted to be, you know, but then she got in there and she said, man, we ain't paying all that for that. <laughs> Cut the vacation budget by 30, 40%, 50%. She's, oh no, they ain't getting all that. Oh no. No, we're going to get this ready here. And then she found coupons and deals and sales. She found, I didn't know they had those kind of sales at Disney. She found them. She said, oh no, we're going this day and leave by that time. They're not getting all that. Mm-mm. Delta ain't getting all that. No, she started changing all kinds of stuff. And so it was amazing how all of a sudden, because I shared, I, I benefited. Jethro, <laughs> I want to get that one. You said, that's what? That's good news. I love that. That's great. So here's a practical solution. I want you, I want you the long-term solution is teach them, show them, and, and let them do the work. Jethro then advises, now this is important. He said, okay, I want you to understand that everybody is not qualified to help you. Now this is important because once you start wanting to delegate, you start delegating everybody. 
let everybody advise you. Let everybody. And he says, no, he's really specific. And I want you to watch how specific he is. And this is really important, worth a series in by itself. Verse 21, you shall select from all the people. Now, I want you, this is not an all call. Moses, this is not an all call. Say it with me, please. Come on. This is not an all call. The disciples came to Jesus and they asked the question in Matthew 20. They said, hey, um, James and John, I want to sit on your left hand, on your right hand in the kingdom. And they came to Jesus, right? Jesus said, what do you want? They came with their mom and Jesus said, what do you want? They said, we want to sit on your right hand, left hand. Jesus never complains about that. Ambition is a good thing. Some of us, our problem is there's no desire. You don't want enough of the right stuff. You don't want to go anywhere. You won't even get a brochure. You won't even Google a place. You just like your neighborhood. So you won't get to go anywhere. You have not because you ask not. You have no desire. It's okay. That's what you want to live, fine. So Jesus looks at them and he says, you know not what you ask. That's his response. And they, he said, are you willing to be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? They say yes. Then he says, but understand this. It's not mine to give you. You can't just dial up the Lord and say, hey, God, I want a million dollar budget, a salary. Or, hey, God, I want a better job. Or, hey, God, I want a certain kind of guy. Or, hey, God, hey, God, hey, God. I'm sorry. It doesn't work like that. This is for whom it's prepared. Some things are prepared for certain people. Now, be, be clear about this. I'm not saying you can't ask, but understand that some things are prepared for certain people. In order to be a pastor of a successful church, there are certain things you must be able to do. There are certain skill requirements, there are certain talents, or whatever you call it. In order to be an Olympic athlete, you get this, right? Everybody can't be that. It's for those for whom it's prepared. There, there is a certain degree of gifting, assignment, there's, the, the, the term assignment is important because it really says everyone can't have everything. What God's done for me, for reasons that vary, he may not do it for you. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. God can bless me and God can bless you. Come on, say God can bless me and God can bless you. The blessings can be different now because understand, certain things determine whether I will have certain things. For example... My gifting has a part to play in it. Whether I'm willing to develop that gift. There's a certain, I mean, public speaking, is a, there's a gift to that. And there's also a developmental side to it. You start at one level and you grow if you practice, if you work at it. Okay? Now, so that's one side, the gifting side. But on the other side, there are moral questions that determine, and, and in, my, in my opinion, that has as great an impact as the gifting does. So listen to what he says to him. It's important. You shall select from all the people able men. Don't choose guys that can't lead. And here's how you know if you're a leader. People follow you. Find able men such as, important, fear, reverence, serve God. Go get God-fearing men. Not churchgoers. God-fearing men. These are not people who 
who, you know, I always, always think it's hilarious when, when a girl comes to me, she says, hey, it's generally a woman. No, no, no. She says, hey, um, get married, Pastor Rick. I said, really? So who is he? And she says, oh, his name is wonderful. Really, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Smith, wonderful Smith. Well, tell me about wonderful Smith. Oh, he's working here, and he's got this going on. He's kid. And then he got a picture. Oh, I got a picture of wonderful Smith. And she showed me the picture of wonderful Smith. And then when she showed me the picture of wonderful Smith, I said, is he, he's, he's, a, he's a church guy. He's saved, right? Well, he's not, no, no. No, he likes God now. <laughs> I said, wonderful Smith like God. He's, is he saved? Well, he don't call it. Now, he don't use those kind of words. Okay. See, 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 notice we tend to say, do you have a stand that says, in order for you to have this, this could be you, right? You must meet these qualifications. God-fearing, men of truth, a man of men of truth, men who don't lie. Don't catch you in a bunch of lies before you marry, right? Men of truth, right? Or women, same thing, okay. Hating people who hate covetousness. This is important. You can't have people who are covetous. Covetous is a strong word. It implies not only that I'm jealous about what you have, I want to take it. Because these guys are going to be judging people. So, you know, a guy comes up to you. I was talking to a guy one time. It's so funny. I was talking to a guy. I love this story. It's so cool. I was talking to this guy. I was trying to give him some counsel. And I was, you know, I was in the ministry uh, 10 years or so. And, he, and I was kind of advising him, you know, because he's just up and coming. And so, he said, yeah, Pastor, I'm, I had a bad year, man. I had a bad year, bad year. It's a horrible year, man. I only made $350,000 this year. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what should I, and he's, he's distraught. I'm quiet. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just look, look confused. I wanted to kick him under the table. You should be dancing, boy. I couldn't tell him I didn't make that. I just had to say, well, praise God. You know, just hang on to Jesus, man, and just pray and believe God for a miracle. I mean, what am I going to tell you, dude? I mean, this is his whole perspective, you know. I was, I was at a game with an NBA player, and um, now he's an NFL player. We were at some, some basketball game, and he, he's sitting next to me, and he's talking. And we're talking about the camera guys, and, you know, he's... He's a pro, pro player, and he's got this multi-million-dollar contract. He's sitting there, and so and he's young guy. He's young guy, and so I don't know how we got on the salaries of the camera people. And I said they probably make eight hundred dollars. He said that's all they make. I said you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself talking about money? You can't. You know, it was he's in a whole another place. Sometimes, believe it or not. You're out of touch. <laughs> you're out of touch. And if you're out of touch and you're, you're, you become covetous because the people you're around have more and the people you're advising have more, it, it becomes a conflict. So he says, you need to choose guys who, who, who are not jealous, who don't want to take what somebody else has. They can, you can tell them and they'll, they're okay with it. Covetousness really can stop you from advancing. Talking down people who have stuff, I never, I never, I never make certain jokes. I don't joke with, about what people have, where they live. I don't go to their houses and go, oh, Lordy, look at this stuff. Oh, my God, Jesus. It's a mansion. It's a mansion. Hey, how much does it cost? You see, that's why you need to be put out right then, see. But what is, what, you, you have to be the kind of person 
who's not covetous, who's not, who doesn't sound covetous, who doesn't sound envious, who doesn't, you don't mock success, you know, and that's a whole other subject. But I think that's important. These are the people that are qualified to help you. And, and place such over them to be rulers, give them a title of thousands, watch this, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of tens. Break it down in small groups. Say it with me, please, come on. Break it down into small groups. That is where the power is. And let me just say this to you. If you want to know how to grow a church really big, this is how you do it. If you want to know why I think fewer African-American churches tend to not grow as big and only 600 of them are in the megachurch realm, why? And that's, that's a sizable number, but that's over 2,000 in attendance. Part of it is because we like big group gatherings. We like, we like this. We don't like small 5, 10. That's where the power is. Because here's why. Jesus came to change the world. Ready? And Jesus came to change the world. How many people did he pull together? 12. Imagine that. This is the plan. I'm going to change the whole world. I'm going to get 12 people together. You want to change your families? Get 12 family members together. The small numbers. Small numbers corrupt families and small numbers advanced families. If I say who's the most significant person in your family that made the most significant change, generally it was a person in a small, it's a small group. You gotta, he said, guy, you got, you got to get this broken down. And you got to get it broken down into groups of thousands, tens, you got to get this thing broken up in pieces. This, this, this megachurch generation has created this idea that everything needs to be big, even the facilities need to be big. Wrong. We were about to go in the wrong direction. You build a big monstrosity, nobody's coming. They'll let you pay for it because it's too big. A thousand on the high side, maybe twelve hundred. I mean, fifty. I'm not against big buildings. I got friends who have big buildings. Nothing wrong with that. But most of them don't fill them up. And if they do long term, in the next generation, they won't. It generally doesn't last. Go downtown and, and tell me I'm wrong. Go downtown to all the big buildings you see downtown and ask yourself these churches. Ask yourself on Sunday mornings, are they filled? There was a time when they were. I'm not against big buildings. I'm not making a point. But we got to be really smart and build bigger, but not too big. Because breaking things, this is where the power is. Because you can get to know people. Moses, they don't even get to know each other because they all come as a mob and sit and talk to you. There's hundreds of people here, thousands of people sitting here waiting to get a chance to talk to you. Wrong. Dude, break it down into small groups and trust somebody. There's a risk. Trust somebody. Let them get to know a name, a friend. It's, it's not going to work unless you do that. And then he says, this is important. Verse 22, and let them judge the people. Let them judge the people. One more time. Let them do what? Judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you. But every small matter they shall, they matter, they themselves shall judge. Let them decide. Now, this is really hard to hear, but watch this. It will be easier for you. Say that with me, come on. It will be easier for you. That's God's goal. Balanced people do not live a hectic, out-of-control life. The sign that you're imbalanced is because your life 
even though you're excited about what you're doing, he was excited about he was, what he was doing, but he was, he was living a hard life. They will bear the burden with you. Let them bear it with you. Let them, let them plan the children's church. Let them plan stuff. I really don't even know. When the services come, I generally don't know the format. They, they have to tell me when they get up sometimes. They know. And if I'm being really honest, they, they'll tell you. He doesn't know. He didn't read it. They, sometimes they try, <laughs> they try to they'll send Diana. Or they'll send, uh, did you read the format? You kind of know what's going on? And then there's an, a person assigned to me to help me. And it's not because... <laughs> That, you know, people get that wrong. Yeah, you got a bodyguard, you know. You got some, you know, how many people talk to you on a Sunday? You, you know, you come in here by yourself when you leave by yourself. You know, you go in the hallway with me and say, hey, 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 hey. There's a lot of people. Hey, Pastor, could I talk to you? I can't remember all that. So they're there to help me. Thank God for them. They're trying to carry the burden. There's a lot going on. You don't even, there's a whole lot going on. But that's not, that's not the, I'm not trying to, I'm not complaining. I'm just making a point. There's something about, Letting, making it easier. If, if, if your household is full of ripping and running and, and people flying everywhere, you're out of balance. It shouldn't be this hard. Every day is like this. Every week is like this. People are always surprised when I say, no, I'm not tired. I'm busy, but I'm not tired. I work hard when I work hard, but then I rest. I have a day off here, two days, you know. Monday I was off, you know. You know, went, went shopping in Rio. Wait to catch the plane that night. I was off Sunday. What were you doing Sunday? Shh. While you were watching a sermon, that, did you enjoy the sermon? Yes. yes. I prepared it for you. <laughs> I knew what I was going to preach on because I laid my sermons out in advance, right? So I preached a sermon three months ago. Pretty cool, huh? Called planning, people. And so while you were watching the sermon, it was on video, it was wonderful, in the series, huh? Be impressed. Come on, be impressed. I'm waiting for something here. Come on, be impressed. I was off in the mall. In Rio, shopping with Diane and Christina. And did I think about you? No. A little bit. I, I streamed in for like five minutes. Oh, good, they're fine. Bam, off. <laughs> Where are you going to the mall? And we walked around, goofed around, goofed around, and goofed around. Plane's leaving tomorrow. Why would I, why? Why do I have to be burdened all the time? Why, do, why must I always be the one? Why must you as the mother be the one? Wouldn't it be nice if those people would just wash their own clothes? Wouldn't that be just an amazing moment if you could say you people? And come on. <laughs> so I knew my family wouldn't do that, so I got two washers and two dryers. I knew they wouldn't. So I just, you know, when I built my house, I said, hey, this is the devil. Come up with systems and plans and plans and so you say, I can't do it. Well, you know, share the load. If you don't have two washers and two dryers, just come up with a schedule. Come on, guys. Let's try to make this work. So he said, we're going to make this easier for you. We're going to make this easier for you. Imagine 
making it easier. Because you just stop. But see, here's, here's what your problem is. You know what your problem is? You're going to have a problem because you've got to do everything. And you're sincere and you really believe that. You really think it. You really think the job, you really think that they can't, they can't do without you. You have to volunteer for all these extra committees because you have to. It shows you're some kind of special super person. You have to say yes to everything. You don't. You think overtime is going to get you to the place. It won't get you to a place. But if you're working a lot of overtime all the time, I'm really against that. I believe in working hard. I believe in working long hours. I believe in seasons. Everybody say seasons. But you need to have a goal. Two and three jobs for how long? Why are you working all these jobs? You, are, you, are you any better off? See, if you're not, if you get a second job, right, and you said, on this job, I'm going to make $10,000 and I'm going to pay off $8,000 worth of debt. Take the $8,000, pay off the debt, and quit the job. Don't raise your income up or your expenses up to, to, to that level where you need the job. The goal is not to work more, it's to work less and be more in control of your life. The less you owe, the less you're going to be in this kind of bondage. Okay, last point, I'm done. You get to ask me questions. Okay, he said, last thing, Jethro promises a long-term benefit. If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people will also go to their place in peace. If you do what I'm saying, here's what's going to happen. You will be able to endure. You'll last. If you don't, you won't. And all the people also will go to their place in peace. Every time I see a family with a husband running out the door and a wife running out the door and the kids running out the door, I can prophesy that in a few years they're going to be in trouble. Because first of all, they're going to lose touch with each other and it's going to end up in a bad place. Watch what happens. Moses listened to Jethro's advice. I love that question, who's your stopper? Who's the person that can stop you? Moses was stopped by Jethro in his tracks. Moses heeded, verse 24, the voice of his father-in-law. And I want you, and this is the last part I want you to hear, and did all that he said, not part of it. He divided them up into groups, like he said, did everything he said. He did all, say all. When I counsel people, they do a part of what I say. A lot of times. I like this part, but I don't agree with Pastor Rick on that part. He crazy on that part. I ain't giving you. One guy told his wife, I ain't giving you no day. Okay. Diane's day is Monday, but you can forget it. You ain't getting no day. <laughs> you ain't getting no day. I ain't taking no long vacations either. I ain't I got the money he got. Well, you know, shoot. <clears throat> you married to Diane, I'm gonna tell you, I'll tell you what happened. We used to go to Days Inn, drive down and vacation here, we just go hang out. If you ain't got no money, just fake it. People go to vacation here in Savannah. Go downtown, put on a loud shirt, <laughs> and just walk down the middle of the street. People, not in the middle of the street, but you know, just walk down the street. People don't know. Go get you some ice cream. Get on the trolley, ride around. I used to ride on the trolley all the time. You should get on a little horse, horse buggy ride. People be like, hey, Pastor Rick, what you doing? I said, hey, I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. <laughs> it was called a staycation. Say staycation. It's called money tight. We're going to stay. <laughs> go downtown, park the car, and just walk all around, go all around the squares, go on the tours with all the tourists, just walk around with them. They don't know you. They don't know where you're from. Don't tell them. I'm from nearby. Just tell them that. Nearby. From nearby. <laughs> we've, done, we've done a bunch of staycations. 
you know, you, you should try to, you know, we would go down to Brunswick. We drive right, you know, 50 miles down to Brunswick, and then we go down there. We get, you know, La Quinta. We should go to La Quinta, you know, $39, get the AAA book, go in there and get the, the discount tickets, you know what I'm saying? And we go in there, man, and we swim in the kids be swimming in the pool. Kids don't know what, where they're at. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shoot. When I couldn't, when I couldn't, I used to write on Ricky Shoes, Florsham. I used to write it on there. See, Florsham. <laughs> you know, and I did that. I did it. I mean, you don't have to like it, but I sure wrote it on there. I said, Florsham. I can't afford it, boy, but you're going to look like it right now. Florsham. What you wearing? Florsham. Praise God. That's right. <laughs> you're really picking pay, but you understand? It's, a, it's, it's, you know, sometimes you're not, you're not trying to take what you have. People, the biggest thing that, that kids, and one of the great things I've learned, and I say this all the time, my kids never talk about the stuff they should talk about when they talk about me. They don't. They don't get up and say, hey, you know, you pay my tuition. I don't have any school bills. They don't say that. They should. They should talk about that. They should talk about the money. You know, talk about the money. Now, talk about the money part. Talk about the money. He helped us and he did this and all that stuff and the trips. Yeah. But no, they talk about spending time with me. If you ever hear them, that's what they talk about. He took us with him. He took us with him. He could have left us, but he took us with him. Now you spend a big bunch of money to go to Las Vegas with your mate, and you leave your kids forever? They never go anywhere? My kids bummed their way on a trip to Las Vegas with my wife and I. We was our 25th wedding anniversary, you know, we're 20th or something like that. And, you know, it was a big anniversary, and you thought, well, we're going to go. And so, and you know what they did? They said, oh, really? Wow. I've never been to Las Vegas. Christina's the lead speaker, of course. Uh, I've, never been, I've never been there. Um, Boy, Dad, you know, it would be really great uh, if uh, we could go. Now, here's what we can do, Daddy. Here's what you can do. You get a big room, like a suite, and then we'd be on one side, and you'd be on the other side. Okay, you just doubled my price, okay? You just, <laughs> you just supersize the cost of my vacation. And they said, well, we won't bother you at all. They bothered us the whole time. It was hilarious. <laughs> they had a ball. But my point is, every now and then, and I, I know I'm kind of swaying back and forth a little bit, but I'm making a point. Man, man, what are you doing? doing? All they want to do is be with us. Whether it be Brunswick or Vegas or wherever, they want to just be around. And now they're older and guess what they still want to do? Be around. Where are we going? Where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? You ask me where I'm going. Where are you at? Where am I at? And then, you now here's the cool part. I love this. You guys are home yet? Now, this is Christina. Are you home yet? Where are you, Mom? You guys are out kind of late. Pardon? Are you, like, calling my phone, asking me where I'm at? And what, time, what time are you got? Call when you get home. <laughs> oh, I'm going to forget like you used to forget. I wish I would call you. Call when you get home. I got time to tell a story. This is hilarious. You're going to love this. I've never told this before. This is so cool. It's happened there. This happened last month. So last month, I'm, I'm in Atlanta, right? I'm doing this thing with um, uh, this church. I'm, I'm doing this uh, with Word of Faith, and we got these pastors, and so we're we're, we're pioneering churches, and so I'm I'm kind of leading in this group. And so the, the leader of the group decides, hey, Pastor Rick, I want you to go to this hotel. It's really a cool hotel, and it's, it's on the outside of Atlanta. And it's really nice, and it's kind of like in the woods, but it's really nice. It's, it's, it's got it's glamorous, and it's just it's like oh, it's just a little city, and it's got all this. So, so I go. I don't know if you know the story or not, but I go 
to, uh, I tell Diane, I said, well, Diane, you know, they want to send us to this hotel as a guy, like a thank you for helping with this, this pattern the church thing. And so I, I, I didn't want to say no. I said, I said okay, I'll go. So, I, so they give me, they make the reservation. I mean, it costs a good bit, several hundred bucks a night. It's not cheap, you know, so they're going. So we, we go, and we, we have to go late because the event we're at, it's late. So I go, go to a nice restaurant, and I go to this. So I'm driving, and it's driving, and I'm driving, and I'm driving, and it takes me a minute, about 30 minutes to get there outside of Atlanta. So I drive, and then you got to go down this two-lane road, you know, and it's dark, and, and so I'm driving, I'm driving, you know, and the Diane's come out of the spirit. And, uh, and, and so, I may be off a little bit, but this is a fun story to tell. So, so Diane, so I, I get out, and I go, and, I, and we finally see this sign. We see this place. You probably know what I'm talking about. No, anyway. So I, I see this sign, and it's a little, and you'll miss it. So I back up, and I say, oh, this is the place. And so we look around, and it's just nothing. The horses and, and darkness and dirt and darkness and more dirt. And so... I, um, I know I'm in trouble because she's like, Temple? When she called me just Temple, I know something up. You know, Temple? Um, uh, is this it? I said, yeah, uh, this, this is it. This is it, baby. It's glamorous. They say it's glamorous in the daytime. It's glamorous, it's, it's glamorous baby. I'm telling you, it's glamorous. In the, it's nighttime right now, but in the morning, you know, in the morning. <laughs> Night come, but in the morning, it's going so, so I pull up, and, and so the first thing I see is this, this, um, it says parking, and, it, and, and it's like darkness. There's no light in the parking lot. So I think, well, man, I ain't put my car over there. And so then I, I pull in, and I don't know where to go in, and it's dark. And I said, okay, hey, um, uh, man, let me call. So I called and they answered the phone. I said, hey, I'm, uh, I'm checking in, and it's kind of dark out here. And they said, well, do you see a path? I said, yeah. They said, I said, no, not the light. With the, and so she's over here. Over the, so, I, okay, I'll tell you what. I'm going to send somebody out to get you. Okay, now I know I'm in trouble. So, so somebody comes out, and he comes out, and he comes out to get me. And when he comes out, he kind of guides me into this place. So Diane refuses to get out of the car. She says, I'm not getting out. I said, uh, hey, baby, I don't want to leave you out here in the dark. She, said, <laughs> she, said, she says, I'm not getting out of the car. Temple. I really don't, I'm, I'm, I just, please, let me just stay and lock the doors. I'm just going to stay out here with the animals and just, I don't want to go. She didn't want to walk out in the dirt. And, so I said, okay. So I leave her in the car, lock the doors. And so she picks up the phone. She calls Christina. Tells Christina where I'm at. And your husband, your daddy got me out here in the dark, baby. And she, she and something happened. Then, her, then the phone cuts off because the signal bad. So then they call it back and forth trying to talk, but the signal keeps cutting off. And so Christina's writing down the information so they can save her mama. That's what she's going to do. <laughs> I know I'm off, but I'm having fun. So she's going to save her mama. So, so now this is what's going on in the car. I'm, in, I'm walking with the guy into the, this dark path, and I mean, it's dark. I mean, you can't see nothing. And, he's, and so we walk in, and so we get into the lobby. And so it's a small lobby, and it's like a bed and breakfast kind of place. So, so I'm thinking, okay. So, and they got us in this master suite. They then went through all this expense, right? It's really nice and glamorous in the daytime. So, so, I, so I'm sitting there, man, and I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to you know, be okay. And so I said, okay. I said, uh, so she said, let me show you your room. It's glamorous. It's, it's sweet. And it's just it's great. And, and she says, okay, what you do? And she picks a big black flashlight up and puts it on the counter. <laughs> she picks up a cowbell. It's a, I'm not making this up. It's a cowbell with a key on it. 
And she said, now here's what you do. She starts showing me how to get. Now you take your flashlight and you shine it right here. And then this, and you go down this way. And when you shine the light, you'll see the path. I said, I said, I said ma'am. I said, I said, ma'am, let me tell you something. I'm married to Diane. I said, I'm in trouble already. I can tell you right now. She ain't going to take no flashlight and find no path in the dark. So I, I take the flashlight. I said, well, she, well, let, let me show it to you. I said, okay. So we took the flashlight. And she said, see, see here? Let's follow, let's follow the darkness and right here. And there's the path. See, right there. And I'm thinking, Diane is not coming out of here with this big, giant flashlight. They gave me a big, <laughs> big flashlight. And so they take me in and show me the room. So I go in. I said, oh, it's nice, but it's on the first floor. That's the first problem. And then, and then the door opened, and it was open, and the suite was to the left. It was a beautiful suite. But I, I walked in, and I said, ma'am, I said, let me tell you something. These people paid for this for me, and I'm thankful, but I need to give you my credit card, and I'm just going to have to pay for this tonight and get them off the hook, and I'm just going to have to pay because I'm telling you, I've been married for 34, five years. This ain't going to work. <laughs> I said, this is not going to work. So then she, I go back to the car. She's on the phone by this time because I've taken a long time. And she's on the phone with Christina, and they're praying for me and, and all this. So I set her free, and I don't know why I told you all that. That was fun. Come on, say man. That was fun. That was hilarious. <laughs> it fits if you make it fit. Anyway. I just, I just think they're just moments in life when, watch how it fits, you're out of balance. I had in my mind one thing, she had in her mind something else, but when I got there, I saw that my perspective was, was wrong. Now, what's interesting is that they waived the fee. They let me go. They didn't charge me anything. And I, I think that it's an example of how sometimes you can see things one way, and have a great imagination. I think Moses had one perspective, but when he heard Jethro, when he actually thought about it, he saw that was a great idea, but it was out of balance for us. She's not a campy person. So there's no need in taking her to a place that's campy. Take her to, a, just take her to, you know what the lady told me? Take her to the Ritz. <laughs> she didn't quite get the Ritz, but we took her someplace else. But, but, but there's something about understanding of something. And I leave this sermon with three lessons. You're right, three lessons. We often can't see how out of balance we are because we are excited. Now, ah, there you go. That fits. <laughs> We're excited. We're excited, but we can't see it. Secondly, we often make more mistakes when we silence the Jethro's. I'm telling you, the biggest mistakes of my life, you ask me, I'm telling you, it's let, it, let people talk to you. I'll let my staff talk to me a lot. They do, they'll tell you. Very, very honest, very open. Uh, and not argumentative. Not a, you know, a lot of people have these argumentative stuff. I tell pastors, don't do that. Don't create that kind of environment. They've got to argue with you. But let's have an honest, mature conversation. Pastor, I think this isn't good, or I think that's better. Thirdly, we often listen to a Jethro and do some, not all he says. The problem is we don't listen to all he says. Moses did everything he told him to do. So, you enjoy tonight? Yeah. Hope you did. Let me, um, let's take about five minutes and entertain a few questions, maybe something that you want clarification about, something I said and you want to ask me about. Um, raise your hand and uh, ask me a question about something. Yes, over here. We got microphones? Guys, got somebody? They, look, they're so relaxed back there, they're about to sleep. They're about to sleep. <laughs> somebody go help them. Wake, somebody that's awake. 
Go back there and help me. <laughs> they were leaning back. That's a good story. I like that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bishop. I'm not giving you a break. I apologize. I had fun. All right. Right here, he's coming to you, and he's going to um, tell Brian, Brian, pass over the mic. There you go. Oh, Pastor, I, I have a question. Sure. I want to ask you, um, what do you think it is that some ministers, like you said, they don't want to delegate powers to other people? And I think they enjoy, and it could be, like you said, it could be pride, but they don't like delegating things, and they don't want anybody to bring up anything. If you think differently, not that you're arguing about it, but you just think differently, well, Pastor, can we try this? Or what have you thought about this? But they don't take that uh, uh, too well if you, if you mention things that can be done better. Let me give you my answer to that. Thank you. Thank you. Part of what I, I think is pastors are afraid it won't be done right, and often that can be true. You know, people don't always take care of stuff the way you want it to be taken care of. Secondly, I think sometimes, but, but I, I believe that you, you have to let people help you even if they don't do it perfectly. The idea of perfection is not is a problem. You know, they, 70%, 80%, 90%, and I, I have a rule. Eh, how close can you get me to what I want? I know I want 100%, but long term it's going to have to be some space in there for imperfection. Every cook isn't as good as the last cook. You know, there's some teams that do better than others. It's just part of the process. Another reason, I think, is that pastors have a big problem with betrayal. Uh, I deal with a lot of pastors whose churches are split. I dealt with one last week. Guy um, said, guy came in church, he hired him, and took a third of the members, uh, half of the money, um, and I know guys that's happened two, two or three times. So you bring a guy in, make him an elder, leader, pastor, whatever, and he gets people who love him, and then before you know it, he's starting a church across the street. And, you know, it's greater overcoming by faith, you know. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I told one guy, you better not name your church that. He was. I'm going to name it greater. I said, don't you? You got to get you. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, and it's, it's so much um, competition in some settings. And I, I think some of that's about the way you raise people, nurture people. Overcome by faith has been fortunate. We never had any splits like that or anything like that. When, when Pastor Joyce left, we, we helped her leave. We funded her departure. We, we, she was a staff person, worked for us, and we, I announced in church. I said, whoever wants to go with her, just sign up in the lobby so I know you're gone. And um, it's great. It's great. You know? and, and you go over there, you see a lot of people who are part of her church. And I, I consider that a launch. It's, it's, uh, what's the name of her church? It's called um, Living Hope. Living Hope, that's right. And so Pastor George saw a great, great church, great people. So I, I just think it's um, sometimes helping a pastor find security. But part of the problem, let me make it more personal. If, they, if, they can, if, you, can retry, if you can, if you have enough where you, you know your security is not in those people and you, you, you believe in training and teaching and showing and you understand the long-term value of that, you'll do it. But... A lot of them, a lot of pastors aren't trained in administration. They're trained in theology. There's a difference. Sometimes their, skills, their skill set is not designed to manage what they grow. You know what I mean? It's, so it's hard for them to, to do that. It's just in, in so that's why guys like me come along to help them find a way. And they hear better when it's a pastor talking to them. They listen to me a little differently than they listen to you. So that's part of our ministry is to help leaders be okay with that kind of stuff. Um, but they should listen. But members have to be careful with their attitudes, how you approach a guy. Well, I think you ought to do it like Pastor Rick do it. 
he got, he, one, one of the deacons got up in one of the churches said, where are all the young people? They're overcome by faith. That's what he had. I said, that's the wrong thing to say. Don't say that. Don't say that. So that's what I said. Somebody else, question? Question? Feel free. All right, now, what was the big part for you tonight? Okay, so what was the big part to you for you tonight? What, would you, what was your takeaway? You said, my, out of all you said tonight, here's what really spoke to me the most. What spoke to you the most? Yes, ready? I wrote a note on my paper that said, why is this whole sermon about me? I wrote it on the side because, <laughs> <laughs> because I have this act. I, my husband just said to me, why won't you take some time off? Why don't you rest if you're tired? Why can't you take a minute? Will no one teach the children if you, te if you take a day off? And so when you said it was out of balance and take some time off to just rest, that really, I've written purple notes all over because it's very personal to me. So I was really There is to. a Beth that exists beneath the fatigue that you have lost touch with. You will refine yourself. You'll rediscover who you are. I work really hard not to be tired. Honest to God, I do. I really work hard. You know, I, I, it, it, it's, I call it resetting the clock. I got up this morning, I was going to get up and do a bunch of stuff, and I said, no, reset the clock. Reset, I wanted to get up and get my hair cut. And get, you know, I got all these things. You want to do these man things. My car is still dirty today because I hate a dirty car. You know what I mean? But it's dirty now because I reset the priorities. I needed to sleep. I was tired, and that affects my moods and my attitudes. I don't need to be like that. And so that's my opinion. So thank you for saying that. Blessings to you. Somebody else, what was your big point today? Um, my biggest point was to realize that in our lives, God does send the death rolls, mm -hmm. and that, you know, I had to really take a uh, self-inventory. Mm -hmm. And truth is, we, we don't do all that was told to us not to do or to do. Mm -hmm. We do we pick and choose what we want to do and then we go blame them and say, well you didn't tell me it shouldn't have been this way or you didn't tell me instead of taking the responsibility onto ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I see that Moses took the time to listen and did all that he did. So Moses hit plan it flourished. Mm -hmm. So just to realize that they, that God does send the Jethro's and it is the blessing in the fact that he sends a Jethro to help close the door or help balance out the scale so that we can see other things too. Yeah, it, it, it can be, life can be bigger. Big, if, if I were to say my biggest one, I'm done for the day because the time's almost gone, but if I were to say my biggest one for me, it can be easier. Pastoring doesn't have to be as hard as, as people make it. Your job doesn't have to be that hard. Parenting doesn't have to be that hard. If you, if you spend more time with your kids and each other and you stop working like this and, and balance and stop buying everything in the world, you know, you'd be surprised how much easier it can be. You know, if you had eight months of reserves in cash, you know, which we all had that. You know, if we had done that earlier, if that was a priority, and it could have been. I just, we just ministered to everybody in town. It's giving away, serving Jesus, <laughs> spending our church my giving. We, get, we did a lot good, but right now, I can tell you right now, next 10 years, brother got a plan. I have a plan. I ain't building, I'm not building any building that's going to put me in debt when I'm having to do, do what I call the bank dance. Hey, y'all, God, how's it going, Brother Rick? Oh, I'm doing good, you know. Stop off. That bank dance you got to do all that time. Man, I don't want to live like that. I want, I want to be free. I want to be free, and I want to be blessed. I want God to prosper us. I want God to prosper our church. I don't want to get up here and beat you over the head for money because I just want to have money. How about that? Amen. Come on. I just want to have some money. I want to be prosperous. I want, I want to raise up tithers and people who understand the power of giving. And then I don't have to spend all my time wondering what, what, what little line I'm going to give on Sunday. 
I got to figure up something. I got to see an angel with wings or something. I got to see something because I got to convince people. Wouldn't it be better to just do the will of God without being under pressure? Wouldn't it be better to just be okay? No complaints, no worries, no issues. Now, we're going to have dragons because that's what we're in the dragon slaying business. We're going to have problems because that's part of what we do. But, but some things I don't have to have in my life. I, I don't have to. I don't have to cheat on Diane and then have all of y'all seen it on YouTube and online. And, and then I'm, you understand what I'm saying? I don't have to do that. I can live holy and live right, and then Amen. we don't have to talk about that. That's, that's, that's somebody else's problem. How about that? I'd rather not have that kind of drama in my life. I don't need no baby mama drama. I don't need none of that stuff. I, don't need, I can choose to live a different life. I can say no to that. We can have other issues, but we don't have to have that issue. All right, last one, bro. Um, the thing that stood out to me, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, hi, Pastor Rick. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that stood out to me was um, in verse 17 where um, Jephthah basically told Moses that he wore himself out. And I related that to me because it was pretty much a conversation that me and my fiance pretty much had last week. Mm -hmm. She was like, hey, you come home and you're just all over the place. You're, you're trying to cook. You're making, um, I, I've been raising my, uh, my, I have two boys uh, for the last three years mm -hmm. um, by myself. And um, so I'm just in that single parent mentality, you know, and it's hard to let somebody else come in. And so she was like, hey, let's, let me help you out. You know, that's what I'm here for. You know, you don't have to do everything on your own. And, you know, and there's, there's some days where I just crash, you know, because I'm just wore out from trying to do everything. And so that part right there really stuck out to me. Good. Well, I hope it helps you. That's a good thing. Yeah, bro. Good thing. Good thing. Well, if I said the mic, yes, last one. Don't, let, me, let me give you the mic. So and what, you, you get the last word. To delegate. Mm -hmm. Delegating, I own my business. So delegating has allowed me to get more rest because mm -hmm. I, I was tired. Yeah. But to delegate. And, and like I said, everybody's not going to do 100% or, you know, exactly what you want. But if I get two people that can give me 110, that person is giving me 85, I'll take it. That's right. And see, the 85 is better than you wearing yourself out and end up being a two. You see, because you, you you're not always at your best if you're tired. Your productivity goes from 100 down to 50. So if you can give me 85, we're better off. That's your point. See, and, and I just think that some of you can really change your life and change the outcomes of your life if you viewed it differently. And, and, you, and you, you hear the word, remember? Teach, show, and let them help you. Let them help you do the work. Let's all stand together. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the blessings of God upon this service today. We pray your blessing as we leave. We pray that they've been helped and inspired. Help us, Lord God, to be excited, but also be balanced. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen.